All right, blockaders, you know what time it is. It's time to sit down with the man, the myth, the legend himself after a high day of clamming, Mr. Robin Vote. Let's sit back, relax, and make the jump into a galaxy far, far away. Man, rumor has it that galaxy's even out far past Dorchester. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to Make the Jump here from the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network. It's this guy right here, Robin Vote, back here on Make the Jump in the past. You heard me talking to Trevor Beast 454 You can go over and listen to that episode and take the quiz over on Sporkle. I had Michael Marisi on, wonderful Michael Marisi from We Are Renegades, and also had from Talking Bay 94, Mr. Brandon himself. But listen, and this makes me so happy that we were finally able. They're back, guys. We were able to get them on. It's Mike Moriarty the host of Home One Hangout. What is up, Michael? Good to see you, my friend. And welcome back to Make the Jump. Dude, I cannot tell you how stoked I am to finally be back. Brick City Blockade is one of my top Star Wars podcasting networks that are out there. You guys do such a good job and uh, definitely a place to get great conversation, great positivity. And anytime I get a chance to be here, I'm here. <laughs> you know what? And that's the thing that I love. And I was listening recently, Mike, to uh, Home One Hangout, some of your more recent episodes after coming back from that short siesta. And uh, I, let me tell you, Home One Hangout hasn't changed one bit. It's done some really great things for Star Wars conversations. Um, more recently, you even talked to, to our good friend, Mr. Steve Kirk of uh, San Diego Sabres, which was really great. And uh, it's so great to have Home One Hangout back. We're back on social media. I was wondering when I was going to start seeing the retweets from uh, home one hangout again and uh, <laughs> i saw him on there and i was like yes yes we're back into it again <laughs> and um <clears throat> really one of the things i want to talk about tonight and everybody knows that brick city blockade is built on the foundations we are founded on the idea of unity is community and positivity and you see that across social media and home one hangout also brings that mindset out within their podcast as well and what a great opportunity to talk about a little bit about this when we have Mike Moriarty on here. And you guys have probably listened to my talks with Scott Inch on the positivity episodes. And of course the Jedi code series, which you can listen to with Caden Stetler from great old Re rebel cause there in Lancaster, Pennsylvania and myself. And with Mike here, I think it's a really important conversation because as star Wars fans, one of the major things, and this is leading up to episode nine more specifically in Star Wars Celebration, is we know we're going to see the people on social media who are going to be not necessarily haters, but but they're almost kind of politically motivated uh, by their own thoughts and whatever else. And they have a right to be. But at the same time, Mike, they they have this idea that um, some somebody's done them wrong when in fact it's Disney's try just trying to push out a product here. They're trying to push out a brand. They're trying to push out these films that really do, in all honesty, unite the community in many different ways and unite us as fans. And why I think this is great that you're here is because it's starting to happen again. And I think just as fans, one of the things we can do and what Luke Skywalker said back in The Last Jedi, just breathe, breathe, take that, take that backseat for a second, let the people say what they're going to say, and then don't react, but Try to, try to continue to push the message forward of, of positivity. And um, I'm curious to hear from you, Mike. What are some ways that you really try to stay positive on social media, especially being a podcast host and 
leader of the Home One Hangout crew. What, what are the things that drive you to make sure that Home One Hangout doesn't stray away from that and is able to be that voice of the community? Well, I mean, the thing is, I think one of one of the things is being true to what it is to be a fan. Right. Now, I, I mean, there, Home One Hangout, we have our share of criticisms of stuff. And that is absolutely fine. Absolutely. I think the problem is that a lot of ple people blur the line between criticism and what they seem to take as an attack on who they are sure. as a fan. Mm -hmm. um, things are going to happen in movies and life that we don't like, but they're not directed towards you. You know, I, uh, mm -hmm. Jar Jar Binks is not a personal affront to me. Yeah, sure. Sure. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, and I think, the, the thing that people have to focus on is something that I focus on. And uh, I've talked about this on the show before mm -hmm. is what is it that unites us? There's a lot more that unites us as fans than divides us. Right. Star Wars right. is such a huge universe that we get to play with. Uh, it's been around for 40 years. There's so much there to love to focus on the things that we don't like brings everybody down around you. And frankly, it takes too much energy. <laughs> it's yeah, it does it's, it takes too much energy energy to be so upset about stuff um something i do is well i mean we talked about this the last time i was uh, on the show podcast because yeah. the best thing you can do is look at what other people have to say sure i i was that fan that had the torch and the pitchfork and i was like my, my childhood is ruined star wars is terrible <laughs> right, and right. i mean i i personally i couldn't stand uh clone wars when it first came out believe sure. it or not yeah. Uh, I've deleted all those posts on Facebook though. So, <laughs> so this is Be the safe. only way you're going to, yeah, I'm safe. So, um, and it's because I was very, uh, insulated. I was very, you know, the only other person I really ever talked to about star Wars was Matt and right, right. where he dissented. That was only one person I heard that had a different opinion. Mm -hmm. Then I started podcasting and not just that I really got into the, the, the fan community at large and listened sure. to these other people. And it's when I really started to realize, hey, you know, it's, it's, it's not just my opinion out there. Hey, it's not just my view of the world out there. Mm -hmm. And when you can see these other opinions, even if they don't line up with yours, it shows sure. you how much bigger it is. Mm -hmm. And the great conversation you get to have, it just enriches your fandom and it enriches your, your life as a person. So I would say get out there with a little bit of an open mind get into the community and just chat with people just talk to them see where they're coming from in their fandom you know why did they think this character did that you know it did uh you know one of one of my favorite uh things is uh from the last jedi was luke skywalker actually a pacifist in that yeah for sure and and actually that's going to be a, a topic i'm going to have to bring up uh, at an episode and <laughs> because there's a lot of depth there there's a lot of la layers there and it could go either way and it's mm. awesome it's great to be able to chat with these people. So the the best thing you can do is just talk to people. And heck, if you're going to celebration, you'll have 80,000 people you can talk to. That's right. You know, um, just get out there in the community and hang out. I mean, that's the best thing you can do. And once you get on that level, it becomes so much smoother and you can just calm down. And, be, and, and once you get outside your own boundaries, it's so much nicer out there. That's a that's a that's a really good way of putting it. And uh, uh, one of the, one of the other comparisons I always make to it, Mike, is you know, and when we even look at the foundation of the country that we live in today, um, when you go back to 1776, and even before then, 
um, when you look at the individual pieces that made everything possible, they had various opinions, but they found a way to be bipartisan and, and to be able to, to work through things. And that's why America became America. That's why England became England. That's why different regions of the world became so powerful and so influential is Absolutely. because people with various ideas and various concepts came together to say, you know what? We may be different, but we share the same idea that we love this franchise and we love star Wars so much. And I feel like the fans, that's, that's the mindset that, that is it's lingering. It's lingering, Mike, it's sitting there, but nobody's touching it and nobody's willing to bring that into the conversation. I think that's what we try to accomplish as podcasters is we try to say, you know what, let's take that, that aura that sits there and and let's put that into the conversation and, and let's make that a focus. And you're so right when it comes to celebration. One of the best things you can do, no matter what opinion you have, is to go and talk. And it's not because you want to be swayed in one direction or the other. It's because these are like-minded individuals who carry different opinions. But like I said before, have that love of Star Wars. And they wouldn't be carrying a negative nor positive outlook on it unless they truly cared about it. Yeah. And I, I feel like going forward, especially into Episode Nine, I think where everybody does have to breathe and take a breath and realize that, you know, we're coming to the conclusion of the sequel trilogy. So there is going to be some time after to truly reflect and to really see where we are in our fandom. And absolutely. I I think that one of the best things that people can do, Mike, it's a very simple formula is when you have those conversations, shut off your own opinion for a little bit and just talk to each other like you're in the theater in 77 or you like you were in the theater in 99 and, yeah. and reflect on the moment that made you a star Wars fan, because everybody is united in that. There is no sway of opinion when it comes to that. Everybody sat down in 77 or in 99 or in 2015 sat down and said, this is the galaxy that I've always wanted to return to. And I don't think that changes. I, I don't think no matter how anybody feels, Mike, I don't think that changes whatsoever. Oh, no. Take take a note from Yoda. Be calm, be at peace, and unlearn what you have learned. And you'll be able to see a whole bigger picture than you saw inside the, the little walls you set up for yourself. It's beautiful. <laughs> you made a direct Star Wars reference to that. That's why I have Mike on here. That's why I love Home One Hangout so much. And, yeah, I think that that's that little piece that every fan can take with them. And especially leading up to Star Wars Celebration, because we know it's going to be there. You know, they're going to be individuals that feel the way they do. So yeah. just so just, just hear it out. Shut off your mind for a little bit. Hopefully they'll shut off their opinions for a little bit. And then y'all go buy Funko Pops and get them autographed and get, get pictures <laughs> with Mark Hamill and, and do the entire thing. Because that, that's what it's all about, folks, in the, in the end is, you know, and, and I will say this. Disney's not out to get you. <laughs> they're, they're not no. out to get you. Bob Iger and Kathleen Kennedy and the entire Lucasfilm crew are invested in a brand, in a film, in television, in everything else. And that's their job. That's their job. And if you had the chance to be sitting at Lucasfilm Studio, the opportunity to work with these individuals, I think opinions would change very much so. I, oh, I yeah. Think I think that there's that perspective of let's see what it's like in somebody else's shoes that has to start happening again. And it's something that's taught to us early on in life, Mike, that, you know, you can't look at everything 
from your perspective. It's that multiple. It's a, it's almost that it's almost that Qui Gon Jinn perspective of you know the Jedi path may not be one that I believe in, but Obi Wan walks down it. So I'm going to teach him multiple ways of dealing with things. I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to teach him both sides to the story, and it, it, that's that's what's so great about Star Wars isms, as I like to say, is that there is those different Jedi knights and whoever else that kind of inspire us like Qui-Gon for me is that inspiration to look at things in different lights Mike do you have that one Jedi Knight I'm curious I don't think I've ever asked you that well I mean for me the more the years go by the more I'm drawn to Qui-Gon Jinn myself interesting Uh, I, I I think he is exactly where the Jedi should have been, or the, uh, probably where the Jedi were in their earliest beginnings. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he understood the code better than anybody else. And yeah, being able to look at things, you know, Star Wars, just like life, it's not two-dimensional. No. There's, there's not no. just this flat surface and that's where it is. It's so much deeper. I mean, it, before we knew, or before we had it, you know, the Force was, what, you could move things with your head and mm-hmm. jump mm-hmm. really high. And you fast forward, you know, almost 30 years and all of a sudden you're on Mortis and there's a lot more than you knew was there. That's right. It's it's a lot more than just a flat plane that you get to travel across. And and it's the same when it comes to your fandom. Just yeah. shut off and just look, just observe. Like you said, just breathe. And, and, and it just grows. Yeah. yeah, there's one person more recently and so all the blockaders out there who have been listening that I've been making a reference to consistently, and I feel like this fits with this conversation perfectly, is the character of Chirrut Imwe, where mm. he was blinded. <laughs> he was blind. He he couldn't yeah. see, but it was the force that guided him. He believed that the force had the ability to guide him and protect him, and as much as he could believe in it, that that was what kept him going throughout all that. And it's it's almost that idea and. It's funny, I feel like if Qui-Gon Jinn was blind, much like Kanan, we've seen that before. And I feel like his path would have been very similar in that case. And when you look at a character like Kanan Jarrus, and you look at Sherrod Imwe, and the trials and tribulations that they had to go through, um, the Force always guided them in that way. And, Mike, one of the other things I've been talking a lot about, and actually last time I brought this up, I was like, I got to get Mr. Moriarty's perspective on this, (laughs) is that... We've seen a complete different molding of the Force more recently from the original trilogy into the prequels and then, of course, into the newer age of Star Wars films. And the one thing that has really changed, and I feel like much the credits of Pablo Hidalgo, Dave Filoni, and a lot of the uh, Lucasfilm team over there, is that we've seen the Force progress from what was lightsabers? Like you said, the whole head budding, <laughs> whatever else, <laughs> the, you know, that the Jedi believe that the force could give you these powers. Well, we've really started to mold the force into more than just that. And I feel like Clone Wars did this a little bit. Rebels really showed this and mm. we're starting to see it even more now. And the force is changing and it's moving into a more natural sense. And the one thing that I'm especially heading into episode nine with Ray and now with Luke essentially transitioning into the force, what is he going to be able to do where he is? And it's that whole perspective of what he told Ray on Octu is that, you know, this whole idea of being able to lift things and to wield a lightsaber. That's not it. it, it that's, that's vanity. 
the true yeah. nature of the force is the ability to connect with nature and to be able to use it to power yourself. And I feel like heading into episode nine, I think JJ Abrams is going to take that full wholeheartedly. I feel like Ray is going to find this deeper connection in the force. That's going to be on a more natural level. And I think we saw a little bit of that with uh, what Kanan Jarrus was able to do in Rebels. And another great candidate, somebody else who was able to do that later on, is Ahsoka Tano. She's somebody who is completely associated with the natural sense of the Force, finding yeah. those connections and whatever else. And Qui-Gon really instilled that in the prequels. So for you, Mike, if we do head into the natural sense of the Force, do you see Rey taking on that mindset? And <laughs> let me just say this. How cool would it be for either Force Ghost Qui-Gon or, or Luke or Obi-Wan or somebody to come in and to say everything that you have heard about the Force has, has is wrong? It is, what Luke had taught you now, that is truly what the Force is. I feel like that that could be a pivotal point now at the end of the sequel trilogy, the end of the Skywalker saga, to say... Everything that George, essentially everything that George Lucas told you early on about the Force, this is what it's all about. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, when you look at the different eras of Star Wars, I guess we'll just say visual media, because when you get into mm -hmm. the books, the early, the EU books and stuff, the Force is pretty wacky. So, yeah, it is. you know, wherever it goes is not really going to be out of left field for me, you know, because I left off with Abeloth. So, you know, <laughs> right. But, um, when you look at the different eras, you're seeing the Force not just at a different time, but from a different perspective. When you first see mm. it in the original trilogy, you're getting introduced to it at the same time that Luke is. Right. So it's very new. It's very black and white. It's very, very two-sided, very two-dimensional. Mm -hmm. When you get to the prequels, which is you know technically is before Luke, now you're looking at the Force really from, as uh, Sidious would say, the blind view of the Jedi. Sure. You're seeing the force while they are basically blinded by their own vanity, as Luke put it. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're not really following the force the way they should. They're not following the code the way they should. And now we're in the uh, sequel era and you're seeing the force, like you said, in a more natural way. So it's where the Jedi should have been and it's where Luke was heading, but we just mm -hmm. haven't seen it yet. They hadn't made mm. those films yet, so we haven't gotten to that part of the story. So as it progresses, it it all connects. They've done a good job of connecting it all. It's not it's not broken up like some people want to try and make it. I was like, well, the right. force just isn't what it is. No, right. this, this is a part of the force that you haven't seen. Uh, I've said it on Home on Hangout before. It's getting so much broader. The force is many different things to many different people. You go to Jeddah, right. they have a temple that's not necessarily part of the Jedi Order. Sure. But they they know what the force is they know what kyber crystals are they know what they can do but it's not the jedi order so you're seeing the different facets of the force presented during different times and by different content creators so they're growing it outwards and outwards in scope and downwards in depth um mm. getting to a more natural thing i mean force ghost i'm still i'm still pulling for force ghost anakin I'm still yes, pulling for that. Yes. So bad. I really am. And if it's Hayden Christensen, <laughs> you'll I'll be you'll have to pull me off the roof. I'll be so excited. Uh, <laughs> I love that answer. So I mean it's if that's the way it goes, or you know, you get Forrest Ghost Luke and oh my gosh, Force Ghost Luke and Anakin. Oof. Uh you'll have to peel me off the floor. But <laughs> if, if that's where it goes, 
I don't see a problem with that because it's kind of like, well, where else, where else would it go? That's right. I mean, we're at, you know, basically Grandmaster Luke. So mm-hmm. he knows mm-hmm. this stuff. Just because he cut himself off from the Force, that didn't mean he stopped knowing what was actually true about the That's Force right. and about the Jedi. He just had disconnected himself for, you know, he did the wrong things for the right reasons. Kind of like his father. He did mm-hmm. all the wrong things for all the right reasons. So, yeah. If that if that's the way it goes, I'm I am totally down for I guess what you could call getting to the roots of the Force and what it is, and mm. really rebuilding the Jedi Order the way it probably was when it first started a thousand yeah. generations ago, which we still know nothing about in the new canon. So I'm I'm there. Yeah, it's so funny you bring up Luke separating himself from the Force because essentially by the end of Revenge of the Sith and then leading up to a New Hope. Unless we get more story told, that's essentially what Obi Wan did. He yeah. he he failed, and then he was tasked with looking over the next era of Jedi, and that was Luke Skywalker. And Luke, in this case, cut himself off from the Force, but he didn't have to look over anything. the The Force came to him. It came back to him. Yeah, in in the form of Rey, and that always drove me crazy when I talked to fans about. Luke Skywalker and why he went away to Octu and what and this is a very you know as as some fans I've talked to they've said well that's very unique we haven't seen that before and I'm like take a look back go back to the original trilogy well look at Obi-Wan very carefully watch episode three this has been done before but it's just in a very different context yeah and it for every reason that Obi Obi-Wan um made the decision he did it's the same one that Luke did and it's going to be, uh, and I can't, uh, like you, if they do something with hating Christians and, <laughs> and Luke Skywalker, all I can think about is the last Jedi novel at the end when they, when Jason Fry describes Luke transitioning at the end Ooh. and giving himself up to the force. And <laughs> it still brings tears to my eyes when I watch that scene. And then when I read the book, I'm like, no, 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 no. I got to close this, Jason. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> but I, I have to close the book because it, it just, it, it really, it tears at your heartstrings because you, you know why he did it. And it's, it's, that was the ultimate lesson. I, I still feel Luke taught Ray all these lessons, but the ultimate lesson was that he was going to leave her as a ray of hope. No, no pun intended, even though I kind of meant to, you know, <laughs> it kind of like this ray of hope that, that there's still something out there in terms of the force and that she could carry that forward. And it's fascinating. And it's so hard because I don't want to speculate on episode nine. I, I'm known to do it, Mike, but it, it's one of those fascinating paths that we could see take various roads. And, when it comes to Ray and Kylo Ren, who knows which one they'll take. But yeah. you know in the end, Mike, that the Force is always going to be that presence there that connects them, binds them together. And even though they may see it as two separate things, it's still it, it, they're they're molded together in the Force. And that's why their impact in this galaxy far, far away and in this last episode is going to be so important. Um, especially to fans and again to poor Mike who's probably going to have to be peeled off the floor <laughs> I have a feeling that might just happen um, but ho- hopefully you don't have popcorn in your hand when you hit the ground that, that's that's the hope oh no 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 I, I, I go in no food no drink I can't oh, have you do no distractions no uh-huh. oh, you're a good good man good man 
I got too much to concentrate on. (laughs) You know what? That's going to be a poll that I'm going to release with this episode is how many Star Wars fans go into Star Wars films with popcorn and drink or nothing. The the only time I ate in the theater during a Star Wars film was the midnight premiere of episode three because we got there four hours (gasps) early and they were passing out hot dogs and water. That was it. You know what? That's so funny because I now here we are dating ourselves. All right. (laughs) How old were you for the premiere of Revenge of the Sith? Um. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Getting oh, the way. calculator. Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, what year did Sith come out? Was that two thousand? Two thousand and not two thousand and five. Yeah, it was two thousand five. What? Yeah. Two thousand four, two thousand five. Okay. Because so... the Red Sox had won the World Series, so. Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> that was a great time. <laughs> yeah, um, oh man, all right. So two thousand five, I was what nine nineteen. You were nineteen. Yeah. How old are you now, Mister Mike? Why? Do, why would you ask something like that? Uh, you know like, what? Because 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 <laughs> here in Brick City Blockade, nobody's safe. Nobody's safe here in the podcast. Uh, I am currently thirty three years old. Okay. All right. So now we're dating. Ourselves. And you're like what eighteen? <laughs> No, sir. I'm 25, but uh, okay, close. <laughs> I'm, I'm a youngster. I'm a youngster, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, because it's funny because I remember at the episode three midnight release, we were both probably in our respected lines going in to see it that night. Oh yeah. Um, it's funny because the theater gave out hot dogs and soda at mine, <laughs> which is so funny because that was the first time, and I will say this. That was the only time I ever ate before going into seeing a movie. Yeah. There First, you go. Because I don't, I'm much like you, I I am fully invested in a film when I go in to watch it. I cannot miss a detail. And it's almost like, I don't know how you feel about it, but it's almost like I, I need my all my senses attached to the screen. I, I, I can't be pulling it away through candy or soda or popcorn. I... I, I'm looking for the little details. I'm listening to the music. I want that full experience. Oh yeah, when it goes I mean, to Star Wars. I, I, I can say, when uh, you know, last when went to go see Solo, I was literally on the edge of my seat for the whole movie. I mean, there was no relaxation. <laughs> no, it, it was it was all just focused right on that screen. You know, so yeah, no, it's all my faculties have to be <laughs> pointed right at that screen. <laughs> yeah, and one of the other things too is like you know when you think about it. Like, I can't even remember a time when I went to see a film multiple times and I did it. Like, most people ask me, they're like, Robin, you know, after like the the fifth or sixth time that you've seen The Force Awakens, don't you just give in to popcorn and whatever else? I'm like, yeah, right. That whole Ray, the Force Vision scene. I'm I'm not, I'm not, I'm not eating popcorn during that time. I got to listen to who's talking in the background. You know, I I got no time for popcorn. And uh, <laughs> it's just one of those weird things, man. I it just and I feel like more, most Star Wars fans are like that. Like when I went to go see Solo, much like yourself, on the edge of my seat for most of it. And <laughs> if I remember correctly, I think James Brown was sitting next to me, and and he's chomping on candy next to me, <laughs> and and I'm looking over him like, hmm, okay. <laughs> All right, like, get ready for future podcasts, buddy, because <laughs> you might be jumping <laughs> into candy, but I might ask you questions, and we'll, and we'll see. But um, yeah, it's fascinating, man. I'm curious to see when when I put out that poll, what what it's gonna look like. 
I, you know, it's it's funny because believe it or not, the the Star Wars film I've seen the most most times in theaters uh, was actually Episode Two. Was um, it really? And uh, and not because like it was my favorite. It's it's that's actually my least favorite of the prequels. Uh-huh, but same. I just had the opportunity to be able to see it, and I saw it seven times. Wow. I cannot for the life of me think of any time I had gotten something to eat or drink or anything while I was there. Interesting. I I don't care how many times you see it and whether you like the film or not, but when those seismic charges go off in the asteroid field, your popcorn's (laughs) going to go flying, man. man. I'm not wasting an $84 bucket of popcorn every time (laughs) I go to the theater and see that. It's not happening. (laughs) Oh, that is so true. That is just, that is, that is, Mike Moriarty to a T right there. Um, <laughs> no, that's fascinating. What was it that pulled you into seeing episode two so many times? Because you're not alone in that. You're not well, alone in that at all. Uh, I'll, some of it had to do with, I mean, just opportunity. I had, you uh-huh. know, a disposable income and sure. I had all the free time in the world. Um, and some of it actually was uh, my best friend uh-huh. uh, that I'd been, you know, we've been friends since the first grade. So sure. <laughs> long ago time. We, uh, I had just gotten him into Star Wars. He had never seen Star Wars before. Whoa. Ever. Never seen it. Wasn't Jeez. into it at all. And uh, actually, we talk about this story on our uh, Celebration Orlando episodes because he we oh, went okay. with him. He came with us and he was there with us. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I was playing uh, Star Wars Rogue Squadron Rogue Leader, the great game on the, the GameCube. Oh, great game. And, and he was over and one of the levels that the ships come out of hyperspace and he's like, what is this? I'm like, oh, let me tell you, brother. <laughs> let me tell you, man. And pretty soon I had the essential guides laid out and all the books wow. I had and everything. And dude, he was I'm no joke. He's like, I am in. I am all oh, in. So and crazy. we saw it a few times uh, together. And uh, oh, man, it's so. Yeah, some of that was I got my best friend in life into Star Wars. And oh, wow, it, it, it just revitalized the fandom for me. <laughs> That's the way to do it, though. Like, like pull him into the dark side. Tell him that Star Wars is the only way to go. Like, you know, oh, the, the Sith was the big uh, selling point for him. Him and I have been was Sith it? for life ever since then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. I, I, I think for me, too, like episode two, as much as it's probably my least favorite of most of the Star Wars films, or at least my least favorite of the prequels to say that um, it's interesting because. Where it was, I think, and I won't say at the time, you know, I think as a younger kid, I think it was probably like, oh, this is still Star Wars. This is so much fun. And I went to go see it multiple times because in the local theater where I was, it was like a a rock's rock's throw away from where I lived. So it was like, okay, so a Thursday night, not much else is going on in town. It's going to be, you know, (laughs) there's not really much happening at school tomorrow. It's like some class party. My dad would be like, yeah, okay, here, 6 p.m. showing. Let's go see it. And there were a couple times I told my parents, I was like, Hey, just drop me off. I think I'm, (laughs) I think I'm going to go see the Alamo or I'm going to go see, you know, with Billy Bob Thornton, I'm going to go (laughs) see something else. And what did I go see? I went to go see Star Wars. So yes, mom and dad, I made up that I was going to go see another film, but I actually went to go see Attack of the Clones. (laughs) Um, Money well spent though. Money well spent. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, it, it was funny because every time I went to see it, it was like, just that uh, it was it was wanting that opening crawl every time it was oh, that yeah. every time you went to sit in that seat it was like yes 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 it still exists 
I can escape from the world I'm in right now and, and go <laughs> to a galaxy far, far away. And then Force Awakens did that for me too, Mike. I saw yeah. Force Awakens 12 times. Wow. Saw it 12 wow. times. Thanks. Thanks to our good friends over at O'Neill Cinemas, by the way. Let me throw that in there. Um, there you go. I think that's why they let us set up so many more times at opening nights was because they're like, yeah, Robin spent his money here. You know what? Let's let <laughs> him invested. set up a table. He's invested. He's fine. Um, but oh, yeah, I, Force Awakens did it for me, man. I, I don't know how many times you saw, but it was like that reintroduction to the to that this galaxy once again, and you just couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, I mean, for me now, you know, it's life is different. I'm married, got kids and stuff. Sure. So hitting the theater up is not always in the cars and that's fine because the thing is is like home media is so fantastic now oh i know i mean i mean now you got digital copies i could be anywhere and i'm like you know what i'm gonna bring rogue rogue one up on my phone or solo or <laughs> yes. so i mean the, the opportunity to be able to consume it and focus on it even better than you can in a theater is there for me the theater experience is something to be savored now something that i savor every so often and it's yeah. really and it's really cool. It's really good. You know, it's like uh, solo. I only got to see that in theaters once and that's fine. Mm, yeah. And it was fantastic. I mean, so it, it doesn't dilute it. It doesn't it, it doesn't change it in any way for me. So it's uh, yeah, there's there's something special about seeing Lucasfilm and then those blue letters come up. And mm. It's, mm. Uh, you know, we talked about it on uh, the uh, last episode we had with uh, Steve Kirk, which was a blast having that episode oh and, for sure uh, for sure we were talking about our favorite star wars memories and uh one of the ones i talked about was when the special editions came out in theater that oh, was my yes. that was my big screen introduction to star wars yeah and i mean uh, people can can dump on the special editions all they want that that was my big screen star wars and mm -hmm. it's always going to have such a cool place in my heart but you know you you go from seeing cable TV and the little tiny blue letters on the real crappy TVs they had <laughs> in the mid nineties. Right. And right. all of a sudden there's a 30 foot wide silver screen and the blue letters are on there. And it's like, <sighs> Oh my gosh, I didn't know this could happen. You know? Yeah, and that true. feeling doesn't go away. Even now it's, it, you know, it's 20 years later for me. Uh, it hasn't changed. You know, no, you still get those jitters every oh. time you go into see a Star Wars film and that Lucasfilm shows up. I'm I still mean, shaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you shake you. And I think that that's probably one of the nerdiest things you can say. And I know my girlfriend's going to be like, oh, my God, Robin, did you just really get that nerdy? But <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things. And until you've had that experience multiple times, do yeah. you know, because. And I think the podcasting stuff really helps too because we talk about it so much. <laughs> and then we get that lead up and that build up and then we finally see the letters and it's like, okay, expectations shut off. This is the product. And it's so cool to have that experience. Now, Mike, one of the last things I want to talk to you about here because we've been talking about it here at the Podcast Network and it's a fascinating conversation. And I really want to get your opinion on this is the Disney Plus streaming service stuff. Now, yeah. The Mandalorian, I am super excited for. And oh, we keep yeah, getting little no tidbits. <laughs> we keep getting little tidbits here and there. We get Skippy the Jedi droid coming back. <laughs> R5 there. We've got uh, IG-88 back in the picture again. How well, excited are you for this, man? Because I cannot hold back my excitement. Well, I mean, uh, man, it's going to be hard to structure anything coherent about this. Uh, I, <laughs> I am a huge Fandalorian. Uh, are it, you? Are you? I mean... The uh, the Karen Travis books from back in the day from 
hard contact all the way up to uh, oh, Imperial yes. Commandos. You get so much Mando culture in that. That's you get, true. I mean, it, it. I fell in love with Mandalorians. Like I thought Boba Fett was cool before that, but then once you start getting into the culture of the Mandalorians, uh, yeah. I, I am great. so absolutely sold. If I was in Star Wars universe, that I would want to be living in Keldabe, working at the Oyubak Cafe. You know, that's that's what I would want <laughs> nice, to be doing. It's nice, good reference. So I mean, you have that. Uh, everybody loves bounty hunters, and you're bringing IG88 yeah. back. Oh, I, I love. Know. IG-88 from the first time I actually saw him and fought him in Shadows of the Empire with Dark yes, Dash Rendar. Thank uh, you. Which was super hard, by the way. <laughs> I could Dump it all over that. the daggone place, man. But then uh, once you use the cheat code and you get the disruptor, he's a piece yes. But, yes. I mean, from I mean, IG-88 was was one of those iconic bounty hunters you see and it's like, you, you who are these guys? I mean, they're obviously pretty bad dudes. I mean, you got mm-hmm. boss growling down at Piet and stuff, and you got four Loman Zuckus back there. I mean, it, it's cool that they're going to bring that back. It, I, man, I'm excited. I mean, this is going to be absolutely epic. You get a Mandalorian, a, what I'm going to assume is a true Mandalorian for the first time, really on the screen mm-hmm. in bounty hunter mode, I'm assuming. And you get all the, yeah, like you said, you get the droid back, you get IG-88, you get these little things. And once you see the people that are doing the directing and the writing, oh, oh I know. gosh, I, oh, it's, it's, I need it now. I need, <laughs> it's I, true. I, I mean, honestly, it's like if, if, if I could have a pick between episode nine and Mandalorian, I'm actually going to choose the Mandalorian first. I don't blame you. I don't blame you whatsoever. I mean, the, the. Episode nine is coming. That's fine. It's coming, but <laughs> it it's going to go somewhere. But this is new. There's nothing leading into this. That's right. That's right. We got two films leading to episode nine. We don't have anything leading to the Mandalorian. It's so brand it's brand spanking new. And oh, man, <laughs> I know. There. And the whole thing that really makes me so excited is not only IG-88 coming back, but when you look at it, this takes place just after the events of Return of the Jedi. So we know that Skippy the Jedi droid suddenly made it through, yeah. you know, after everything that happened to him in A New Hope. We know <laughs> that um, everything happened with IG-88. He made it through. He he so, was out there doing stuff somewhere. So is this IG-88 A, B, C, or D? <sighs> That's the question. Because, you know, one of them, I know this is like EU and doesn't count. I but love it, I though. Mean, you know, one of them got knocked out on Bespin. That's right. Another one got blown up over Endor. So, I mean, one, I know it's a good point. Uh, yeah, it's it'd be funny if they make a little nod to that. You know, <laughs> it would be. I think I Dave Filoni would too. Oh, he. Oh man, he. Had, don't tell me he hasn't read Tales of the Bounty Hunter. Oh, I mean, come has. on. <laughs> of course he has. Him and Pablo have, oh, have, have both run into it. And the one episode that I'm super excited about, I know that she's going to be one of the lead directors on an episode is Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, I I think that that is super exciting because you know that her dad, her, excuse me, that her dad is going to be there with her. Yeah. You know, he, he just, he just did everything with solo. Now his daughter's going to be directing an episode of the Mandalorian. And you know that where Ron Howard is, you know, that Mr. Uncle George Lucas is not that far behind. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that episode is going to have influence, not just from Bryce Dallas Howard, who I hope really takes the lead on that and does something. I I have a feeling that that could be the episode 
with IG-88. I don't know why, but <laughs> I feel like she's going to help hold that in. And you know that George and Ron are going to have a little bit of say too uh, yeah. on how some of that stuff flows too. So I don't know. I agree with you. Give me, give me the Mandalorian right now. Like that's oh, the, please. that's the stuff. And especially at celebration in Chicago, I oh. really hope we see a teaser. I hope we get, I think the people there might even get the first episode like, like oh, at a panel or be, something. That would be awesome. Kind of like what they would do with rebels and, uh, and yes. stuff. That would be, Oh man, that would be epic. Yeah, if you're paying that kind of money to go to Chicago, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, give me the first episode of The Mandalorian. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, man. That would but be yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's it's it, the streaming media stuff is is what's going to truly push Lucasfilm forward after episode nine. I, I, I've said this to everybody, Mike. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think we're going to have a little bit of a break um, after episode nine because I think Disney really wants to push the streaming service and give us some really like shows like the Mandalorian, some really in-depth star Wars lore and, and just build up some of these other characters that exist because it's great when you have the episodic films, but it's like rogue one. It's like solo. We get the stuff outside of the Jedi. And to be honest with you, like rogue one gives us something way beyond that. It gives us what puts the war in star Wars. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm craving right now is that whole perspective of space battles and and the lore of Star Wars in that case. And I really hope the streaming service does a little bit more of it. I think we'll find out when it comes April too. Yeah, I I, I don't see why they can't. I don't see why uh, they wouldn't. I mean, there's, there, there's so much out there that they can fill in now. Um, there's a lot of room to play with. And being a big EU fan, I mean, give it to me. I'm, I'm all for what's going on. In the you know what's going on behind the Jedi? That's that's stuff that I want to see. You know, mm, that's a really good point. There is a lot there that we have yet to learn about, and maybe we'll see it soon. We'll find out soon enough. That's 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 the whole driving point with Disney going forward. Is let's keep teasing them and teasing them and teasing them and teasing them, and then guess what? We're gonna drop it on you, and oh, we yeah. hope that you're wearing a helmet because it's gonna hit you hard, uh, <laughs> as it always does. So, Mike, number one, before we get into the one part of the show that we like to call, I'm not going to say it right now, but what's going on with home one hangout. Give us the rundown um, here in 2019. What do you, what do you guys have planned here for the uh, podcast? Well, I mean, one, we're glad to be back. The, the break we took was very good. It was very, I I can't say constructive. I'm going to say it was relaxing. Sure. Sure. We able to take a step back and just be a fan and not, not look at a nice, pull up starwars.com every single day and be like, Oh, what do I got to talk about and come right, up with stuff? Right, right. So it was really good. Uh, six months goes by fast, just so you know, cause that's how long we were gone. <laughs> it goes by there. fast, but you know, we've, we've changed uh, the format of some, some of our show or one of our shows. We dropped another one. You know, we don't have crew lounge and home yeah. one hangout is now going to be just that it's going to be a hangout. It's just discussion. We've that's decided, awesome. you know, we can't keep up with news. You know, we're not making starwars.net. We're not star Wars underworld. You know, Absolutely. they're good at what they do and they can do that. So we just want to be able to hang out and just chat, chat some wars. And that's what we're going to do. So we've got that, um, have some new shows in the works uh, that we're actually, I might even have some dropping very soon. Oh, um, nice. Uh, I got some, uh, probably have a non uh, star. Oh, no, we do. I actually announced it. We uh, have a non Star Wars show that's going to be part of the network, too. So nice. And uh I don't know how big we're going to try and grow in uh, the few months that are coming up or in the year that's coming up, but we kind of just want to just 
flow and uh, see where it goes, it. you know? Yeah. Got to get that organic growth. That's how, how how we did it here at Brick City Blockade in three years. And yeah. that's, uh, that's the way to do it. You just got to let it go and let it breathe. And almost like a forestry, you, you let it grow and then you let it bind everything around it and build that connection with nature as we brought up before in the forest. And of course, you know, Home One Hangout and Brick City Blockade always have that connection in the forest. And there'll oh, be so many yeah. more conversations heading forward. Well, Mike, we've come to that part of the show. Any show that we do here on the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network, and especially here on Make the Jump, it's a little thing we like to call... Plug time. Yeah, I love it when you say it that way. <laughs> Mr. Mike Moriarty, where can the good people find you and Home One Hangout across social media? Well, if... Uh, you know, I... The, the best thing about podcasting is the people you get to talk with and you get to hang out with. And I love talking with people who, if they listen to home one hangout, that's awesome. If they listen to anybody and everybody else, that's awesome. If you're a star yeah. Wars fan, I love talking to you guys. So you can find me on uh, Facebook and Instagram. I am at the fanboy awaits, but the show we're on Facebook and Twitter at home one hangout. I mean, chat us up, hit us up. If you have questions for the show or stuff, talk to us we love talking to you guys that's that's the best i get more out of podcasting than i put into it honestly <laughs> so yeah absolutely podcasting opens up the world to conversations and it's why we do what we do folks is that's all right. for you for you to get involved in the conversation you guys can follow me over on twitter at mr vote tweets check out all my tomfoolery and everything happening at the podcast network over at the official vote www.brickcityblockade.com for everything happening in that galaxy far far away or in that galaxy not too far away when it comes to the podcast network great events articles podcast make sure to rock the network over on t public make sure to support the network over on patreon your patreon support helps bring different podcasts together different events all these fantastic things that we like to do for you the fans are all made possible if you become a patron today no matter how much it is You'll be a blockader and also make sure to support our galaxy of joy program with starlight children's foundation bringing smiles to kids faces in hospitals around the country every cent at a time so we're looking forward to everything happening there in 2019 we are so looking forward to everything happening with home one hangout here in 2019 as well it's a new year new podcast all for you the fans mr mike moriarty thank you so much for coming on the network man it's always a pleasure having you on Dude, thank you for having me on. And hey, you got my number. Whenever you want me, I'm here. I love it. And as we always say, folks, we'll see you next time. And a good night. May the force be with you. Always. Fong for life. <laughs> <laughs>